Hello and welcome to Mixnerd News. This is where you come to listen to breaking news when it comes to the nerd world. That means we have breaking video game news, movie news, and TV news. If you want to hear about the latest games, the latest movies, and everything else, stick around. Because here's your host Nick from a tiny studio in San Diego. What's up, guys? Hello. Welcome to a new, new, new episode of Nick's Nerd News. That was weird. I don't know. Anyway, it is December 20th. We are three days away from Festivus. I got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. (laughs) Uh, And we're five days away from Christmas. How about that, folks? How about that? How are you guys doing? You excited? Uh, I am. We had our Christmas decorating contest at work today. Uh, technically, my department was disqualified, but we won the Naughty List Award, whatever whatever that means. But no, how, what, what's going on? Anything? Anything cool? You guys have a good Hanukkah if you celebrated? Um, you traveling for the holidays? You, you, what, 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 what's the uh, what's on the, the docket for all of you? All my friends, my fans, my family, my listeners, if you will, whatever you guys want to be called. Did we come up with a name for y'all yet? We'll figure that out when people start commenting. Anyway, anyway, what are our top three stories today? Well, big ones. Bobby Kotick announced his official departure from Activision Blizzard will take place on December 29th next week. Oh, joyous day. Also... In the wildest news I've ever heard, the heads of Warner Brothers and Paramount Pictures met today, and rumor has it, they're meeting about merging. That is right. I will gladly, gladly take a merge uh, with those two, as long as, you know, we get rid of Zaslav. That That's... Um, that's that's uh, that's that's my one condition. Um, anyway, let's see what's our third story. Oh yeah, Jonathan Majors found guilty, subsequently fired by Marvel. Literally fired by Marvel, almost immediately, almost immediately. So, I mean, somewhat expected, somewhat unexpected. So. Kind of sucks. We'll see what the MCU moves forward. No more King the Conqueror. Will he be recast or will he be removed as a character? Also, those are the top three stories. We're going to talk about my top ten favorite Christmas movies. So stick around for the show. We'll be talking about that. 
Uh, I also watched the Barbie movie. Didn't hate it. We'll talk about that today, too. So, anyway, uh, why don't you guys stick around, and we'll get right to the news. So, video game world, well, let's talk about it, huh? Not a whole lot, surprisingly. I mean, it's the end of the year. The Game Awards were two weeks ago. It's kind of a a weird time in the video game world. Not a lot of games releasing. You know, the new year's upon us. So, uh, not as much news as you would expect. But there is some big stuff. Um, So, let's, let's get through all of it, shall we? A24, the movie studio, has announced a new partnership with Hideo Kojima to create a movie about Death Stranding. Um, They will be working with Kojima on it, and uh, a new collaboration with Kojima Productions, the first feature film they will make, will be a Death Stranding adaptation. Um, An official blurb from A24, and uh, I guess Kojima saying, quote, the film's promise to delve into the mysterious mysteries surrounding the apocalyptic event called the Death Stranding, which blurred the lines between life and death and brought forth nightmarish creatures into world on the brink of collapse, unquote. Kojima himself even released a statement saying, quote, A24 was born into this world about 10 years ago. Their presence is singular within the industry. They are like no other. The films they are delivering to the world are high in quality and very innovative. I have been attracted to their creations, and they have even inspired my own work. Their innovative approach to storytelling aligns with what Kojima Productions has been doing for the last eight years. Now we are making a Death Stranding movie together. There are a lot of game adaptation films out there, but what we are creating is not just a direct translation of the game. The intention is that our audience will not only be fans of the games, but our film will be for anyone who loves cinema. We are creating a Death Stranding universe that has never been seen before, achievable only through the medium of film. It will be born, unquote. Obviously, that's through a translator. Kojima doesn't necessarily speak English. Um, this, uh, I don't, he's not as proficient as English as this statement would, would read. Um, and then, uh, but yes, A24, Kojima Productions, making a Death Stranding film. The game pretty much plays like a movie anyway. Kojima loves cinema, so it only makes sense that this would be the next step uh, in Kojima Productions. The boss at Larian, the head of Larian, if you want to call him, um, Sven Vinka, who was wearing knight's armor at the Game Awards two weeks ago. And um, while he only had 30 seconds to talk, despite the fact that they won Game of the Year, uh, he was tweeting recently about things he wanted to say and thank during his speech and uh, he said what he really wanted to say was that he wanted to thank everyone but he also wanted to say that it was out on Xbox now um, <laughs> it, it uh, he essentially wanted to end it and Baldur's Gate 3 is now out on Xbox so yes they had planned to announce it at the game awards however he wasn't given enough time Uh, They really cut into speeches there. Uh, Ubisoft's The Crew racing game, the original one, not the sequel or anything like that, um, has been delisted from all digital storefronts. 
and uh, its servers will be shutting down next year. So if you're still playing the original crew, be prepared. Uh, a lot of things might be going offline soon. In major news out of Naughty Dog, they've officially canceled the long gestating and long rumored to be in the works multiplayer version of The Last of Us. Um, Naughty Dog has ceased development and um, I guess it, they, they said, quote, we realize many of you have been anticipating news around the project that we've been calling The Last of Us Online. There's no easy way to say this. We've made the incredibly difficult decision to stop development on that game. Um, unquote. They followed it up with, quote, The multiplayer team has been in pre-production with this game since we were working on The Last of Us Part Two, Crafting an experience we felt was unique and had tremendous potential. As the multiplayer team iterated on their concept for The Last of Us Online during this time, their vision crystallized. The gameplay got more refined and satisfying, and we were enthusiastic about the direction in which we were headed. In ramping up to full production, the massive scope of our ambition became clear. To release and to support The Last of Us Online, we'd have to put all of our studio resources behind supporting post-launch content for years to come, severely impacting development on future single-player games. So, we had two paths in front of us. Become a solely live-service game studio, or to continue to focus on single-player narrative games that have defined Naughty Dog heritage. Unquote. Well, obviously, you we know what uh, what decision they chose. And that was keep making single-player games. And I think that is in the best interest of Naughty Dog. That is in the best interest of Naughty Dog fans, video game fans, the like. It was definitely, definitely the best decision they could have made. Naughty Dog needs to keep making single-player games. Um, anyway, moving on. So, Valve has come up with a new fun way to ban uh, cheating players on Dota 2. And I think it's hilarious. I think a lot of people find it hilarious as well. But, uh, considering it's, uh, it's Christmas time, holiday time, Yule time, however you want to call this time, and uh, it has uh, clamping down on Dota 2 Smurf accounts, what they're calling a bloodbath, and uh, it's part of their Frostivus 2023 update. You'll get a surprise gift on any Smurf account, even those belonging to professional players of the MOBA. Um, what you'll receive is a seasonal reward, and uh, it contains, quote, highly toxic, unquote, lump of coal that will trigger a permaban. Yes, a permaban. So, <laughs> uh, what happens is this uh, player who... Uh, was playing and he, he earned it and he even said this might be the funniest thing he's ever earned like I said it is a seasonal reward if you open it up it is a uh, you have reclaimed a seasonal reward highly toxic lump of coal <laughs> that's great that is absolutely great so don't don't have a smurf account and uh, earn this highly toxic lump of coal <laughs> um, from funny to, to, to not funny, the Embracer Group has laid off more people across its studios. This time, Duke Nukem creator 3D Realms and uh, the team behind Ghost Runner at Slipgate Ironworks uh, have, hit, have been hit with layoffs. 
uh, employees at both studios revealed. So, um, wow, Michael Marquis, lead composer at both studios, Patrick Hewitt, a 3D artist, Scott Miller, the founder of 3D Realms, uh, said in a post that he had several sources tell him that layoffs were happening. I, I don't think he works there anymore. Uh, that's at their three. That's at their headquarters in Denmark. So that's crazy. Um, still don't know the amount, but people have uh, have heard. So Scott Miller, the founder, said, "Quote: Several sources have told me this bad news. Sorry to hear about another drop of the axe by Embracer Group. This time landing on Danish 3D Realms. A lot of people, including core devs, will be looking for work ASAP. Hopefully, they land jobs soon." Um, a couple other people have tweeted, so it is unfortunate. It's, uh, that's crazy. But, of course, 3D Realms is f best known for creating Duke Nukem. The Embracer Group uh, bought them uh, through Saber in 2021. Slipgate Ironworks was founded in 2010. Uh, Ghost Runner being one of its most famous games. Um, and they were also acquired in 2021. Embracer Group is massive, and they have been laying people off at large amounts since their deal with the Saudis fell through. It's very unfortunate. Uh, Activision Blizzard has announced, uh, or it has been announced, excuse me, that Activision Blizzard will be required to pay $54 million in a settlement uh, in regards to the gender discrimination lawsuit that was brought by the California Civil Rights Department. Um, this lawsuit was started in 2021, and uh, everyone they have both the two parties have agreed to reach a settlement for about 54 million dollars. The Wall Street Journal was first reporting this, but uh, and then it was published by the California Civil Rights Department uh, shortly after. And um, wow, it is in regards to pay and promotion inequality between 2015 and 2020. And uh, also under the lawsuit, Activision Blizzard will, quote, take additional steps to help ensure fair pay and promotion practices at the company, unquote. That is per the CRD, the Civil Rights Department of California. Uh, they've also vowed to provide monetary relief to women who are employed by or contracted at Activision Blizzard between October 12th, 2015 and December 31st, 2020. Um, around 45 million of that will go directly to the settlement fund, um, and things like that. So finally, 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 some, some good things happening, uh, just up the road in Irvine. And, uh, to, to add on to that, I know this is uh, quite a big story. Bobby Kotick has announced he will be leaving Activision, the company he helped, uh, create essentially he bought they had activision had died back in the old uh video game crash in 1985 he bought the the name and rebuilt it essentially bobby Kodak will step down from blizzard after 32 years on december 29th uh this is part of an ongoing re reorganization uh following the official merger purchase buyout whatever you want to call it of activision by microsoft um, in the note, he sent a note to employees. It was published on the Activision Blizzard newsroom. Um, this is what he had to say. Um, 
Oh, this is a big long one. But anyway, quote, extraordinary people. Over the years, my passion for, do, for video games has often been attributed to Pitfall, River Raid, and Kaboom. I love those Atari 2600 games, but the game that first captured my imagination was Mystery House, developed by Roberta and Ken Williams. I played it on a borrowed Apple II night after night while in college at the University of Michigan. Mystery House was a text adventure with some primitive sprite-based graphics. Fittingly, we now own Mystery House and the company that published it, Sierra Online. The world in which the game was played was largely left to the player's imagination. I envisioned rich, vast worlds with all sorts of interactive animated life that would enable players to fulfill their varied aspirations, all in a simulated universe that offered unlimited possibilities for challenge, connection, and fun. Um, Forty years later, as my last day leading this company inches closer, I marvel at how far the talented people at our company have come toward realizing the great potential of games. You have transformed a hobbyist form of entertainment into the world's most engaging medium. It has been the privilege of my lifetime to work alongside you as we broaden the appeal of games. Perhaps the most important part of my job has been to help bring talented people together, provide the best resources possible, and foster an environment that encourages inspiration, creativity, and unwavering commitment to excellence. I cannot adequately express the pride I have in the people who continue to tr contribute to our success and all those who have helped throughout my 32 years leading this company. We are now part of the world's most admired company. That isn't an accident. Phil Spencer has appreciated the magic of ABK for decades. When he approached Brian and me two years ago and proposed acquiring the company, it was immediately obvious that the combination of our businesses would enable us to continue to lead as the list of capable, well-resourced competitors grows. Phil shares our values and recognizes our talents. He is passionate about our games and the people who make them. He has bold ambition. As we move into our next inciting chapter, you could not be in better hands. I will always be profoundly grateful to the people who contributed tirelessly to building this company, and I am confident you will keep inspiring joy and uniting people through the power of play. With gratitude and appreciation, Bobby Kotick. Unquote. So, we also learned several changes are being made at the top of Activision Blizzard. So, uh, with Kodak leaving, he's not exactly being replaced, uh, but The Verge has announced that had, uh, Phil Spencer announced the departure and also announced that Activision Blizzard Vice Chairman Thomas Tipple, who is actually leaving the company in March, Activision Publishing President Rob Kostich, and Blizzard President Mikey Barra, who used to work for Xbox, will now report directly to Xbox Game Content and Studios President Matt Booty. Uh, Blizzard's CCO Lulu Maservi will be leaving the company at the end of January. Uh, she's been uh, uh, in, included in several labor complaints. Uh, we also learned that um, uh, the departure of Blizzard and King VP uh, Humam Sakini and the promotion of Jill Braff to the head of Zenimax and Bethesda Studios. Uh, Phil Spencer even wrote a letter to employees today saying, quote, For most of you, your day-to-day -day work will remain the same. It's still business as usual and bringing more groundbreaking experience to more players around the world. At the leadership level, these changes will provide the clarity and accountability that is necessary to achieve our ambitious goals and foster a culture that is welcoming, empowering, and committed to gaming for everyone. We have an exciting 2024 lineup of games across Activision, Bethesda, Blizzard, King, and Xbox Game Studios, and I know that we all look forward to sharing more details with our player communities when the time is right. 
This is the second significant reorganization announcement. Oh, from Microsoft following the acquisitions close. Oh, uh, when the time is right. Unquote. That wasn't. That was weird. They uh, included some other stuff that wasn't necessarily part of that. Anyway, big changes at Activision Blizzard King. We'll see what happens now that they are fully under the arm of Microsoft. So, did you guys know that Luigi was going to be in Super Mario 64? Well, neither did I. And guess what? There was a multiplayer component that was apparently being worked on. A new video has been uh, unveiled. It's VHS footage from Nintendo's Japanese Space World show from 1995. And it gives us a multiplayer mode look at Luigi that was supposed to happen in... Super Mario 64, uh, reported by Video Game Central. It was uploaded by Now in Game Channel of what appears to be a Luigi doing a spin jump next to Mario. Obviously, that never made it to the actual release, nor has anyone seen this video apparently since the late 90s. That's interesting. Would have been cool. Henry Cavill has announced that his Warhammer... 40K movie franchise is finally rolling ahead. Uh, Games Workshop has broken its silence on Henry Cavill's Warhammer 40,000 Cinematic Universe for Amazon. Um, Amazon had acquired the rights to it several years ago. And um, now we've learned it will be executively produced by Henry Cavill, Games Workshop, and others. Uh, Games Workshop has confirmed it has signed a full agreement contract with Amazon. And the next stage can begin, they announced. Uh, Henry Cavill is fully involved. So Games Workshop, in a blog post, said, All we can tell you right now is that an elite band of screenwriters, each with their own particular passion for Warhammer, is being assembled to help bring the setting and characters you love to the screen. This illustrious group will be championed by Henry Cavill, who stands ready to take his place as executive producer, bringing his pen, sword, and or spear to the project, unquote. Um, they, they say some other things. If you guys didn't know this, Henry Cavill, yes, that Henry Cavill is a massive gamer and a huge fan of Warhammer 40k. He's been itching to get this started. And I think having him behind the project will be a massive boon. Uh, I think he wanted to be an executive producer after all the pitfalls he faced on the Witcher series at Netflix. So we'll see what happens there. Um, in some other unfortunate news, uh, James McCaffrey, who was the voice and uh, motion capture in at least one of the Max Payne games, so the voice of Max Payne, uh, has passed away at the age of 65. Um, Max Caff, uh, sorry, McCaffrey, James McCaffrey has been in several leading television shows and movies over time, um, so it is unfortunate that he has passed and um, said uh, a lot of people and his peers have all issued lovely words on him. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully they do not move forward with another Max Payne game because it would be odd without him. All right, in another, another massive story, Insomniac Games, we reported, was hacked several weeks ago and was being uh, asked to pay a $2 million ransom to hackers over uh, the content that was stolen. 
Well, they didn't pay. And now we have a treasure trove of interesting information uh, that's been leaked uh, following this. Uh, the, the video game community sent out well wishes and, and you know, heartfelt condolences for what happened. Obviously, no one likes leaks. It doesn't help. Uh, anyone really and the hackers even came out and said we only did it for money like well fuck you guys like what the fuck i know that's bringing heat on me now but it's like guys why are you hurting a studio if you're doing it just for money go after like bad people not a studio that makes games everybody loves right am i right but really like anyway let's get into what we've learned well quite a bit actually so a whole presentation was leaked, and we've learned all the games Insomniac plans on releasing up until 2035, which include a plethora of Marvel games, as they have signed an exclusive deal with Marvel to make X-Men games through that time. So, according to the document, between now and December 31st, 2035, Marvel cannot release or announce any X-Men games on console, PC, or streaming platforms or use an X-Men character as a competitive advantage in a game. Okay, I don't necessarily like... Um, I don't like that necessarily. Um, interesting. Anyway, um, document provides example. Playing as Wolverine and Ultimate Alliance exclusively on Xbox would not be allowed under the terms. So like the Spider-Man exclusive to uh, PlayStation and Marvel's Avengers. So, X-Men characters can appear in what are called multi-family Marvel games. So you could see Wolverine show up in an Avengers game. Marvel retains the rights to the children's games and certainly X-Men games from the 90s. But otherwise, it's a water watertight exclusivity deal that gives Sony the rights to X-Men games for the next 12 years. So... That includes Marvel's Wolverine. Any future X-Men game will be PlayStation only. So, uh, it also details development and marketing spend for each X-Men game. Marvel's royalty, depending on things like that. So, and then we've learned some other new games coming. So, Marvel's Wolverine from Insomniac will not release until 2026 at the earliest. Um... The first X-Men game is then expected out sometime in 2030. So realistically, yes, 12 years, but the first real X-Men game won't be out from them until 2030. 30. 2030, not 30. Anyway, uh, first X-Men game. Extended roadmap, including a third X-Men game potentially for 2033. And Wolverine is technically their first X-Men game. Remember, these will all take place inside of the Spider-Man universe that started with Insomniac's first Spider-Man game. A potential of Wolverine Online in 2026, X-Men Online in 2028, and a potential fourth X-Men game as well. So, I guess this is separate from Marvel's World War II set narrative-driven adventure with Amy Hennig, but that's a Captain America-focused game. Also separate from Marvel's Black Panther game being made by EA. I don't, I don't, these, this is a weird, these are weird deals. That's, um, that's just how I see it. We also learned that the, uh, there was leaked videos of Wolverine gameplay. 
which is pretty interesting. Uh, it looks legit and very, very mature rated. Um, we've also learned the future of Spider-Man games. It looks like they plan to release a Venom game sometime in 2025. So that would actually come before Wolverine. And it would be more like a spin-off like the Miles Morales game. Wolverine in 2026, as we said. Spider-Man 3 in 2028, potentially in two parts. A new Ratchet and Clank game sometime in 2029, which means a, was that a six-year gap between Ratchet and Clank games? Uh, Marvel X-Men in 2030, an untitled new IP sometime in 2031-32. So, a new IP would also be released sometime in 2035. Uh... Insomniac also has multiplayer ambitions. Spider-Man 2 Online, set for next year, potentially. Wolverine Online in 26. X-Men Online 28, like I said. Uh, X-Men license terms were also finally released. $120 million listed as development budget for each game, with $30 million earmarked for marketing. All X-Men games are meant to launch by 2035, with PlayStation console and PC down as platforms. So potentially PC as well. Uh, Insomniac's Venom was fully detailed. It will be called Venom Lethal Protector. It will eventually lead to Spider-Man 3. Um, it will offer an 8-10 to 10 hour standalone experience, a quarter 2 2025 release window, with a price point of $49.99. So it's not a full game, quote-unquote. Uh, Spider-Man 3, like I said, might be in two games. Part 1 of Holiday 27, Part 2 Holiday 28. Multiplayer is listed to launch alongside a part one or a combo game with the two in 2029. Uh, these may change. We don't know how old this presentation is. Um, but again, all for $2 million. Uh, we also learned that via this, Sony was very concerned about the Activision Blizzard merger. We already kind of knew all this, though. Apparently, we all, uh, Sony said that they would be worried Xbox would quote-unquote leapfrog our current pillars. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously, they're trying to do that. Worried about the threat of Call of Duty. Calling out, you know, Game Pass. We knew all this, right? The day and date threat that they have. So, it, it, it's mostly stuff we all knew. Just a little more in detail. Anyway, that is the Insomniac leak which is not cool at all uh sticking with playstation here for a second we've learned of a new sony patent uh that would uh this was reported by insider gaming it's called quote the adaptive difficulty calibration for skills-based activities in virtual environments patent filed on december 7th um it doesn't necessarily mean that it will actually happen it's just that way they'll own it uh what it would do this is uh, via IGN. Co Sony would collect data from players in real time to provide a more satisfying gaming experience by either increasing the difficulty level to ensure enough challenges presented or reducing it to avoid frustration. Uh, the patent doesn't reference blanket difficulty levels, uh, specifically mentions elements like increasing player abilities, altering number of enemies, so on. Um, that's via IGN. Via the patent, it says, quote, the collected data may be evaluated to identify whether a user gaming performance level corresponds to an expected level of performance. 
unquote, also saying, quote, when the user gaming performance level does not correspond to an expected level of performance, parameters that change the difficulty of the game may be changed automatically. Parameters that relate to movement, speed, delay, or hesitation, character strengths, numbers of competitors, or other metrics may be changed incrementally until a current user performance level corresponds to an expectation level of a particular user currently playing the game. At this time, the user expectation level may be changed, and the process may be repeated as skills of the user are developed over time. Unquote. Now, again, this just sounds like adaptive... Um, what do they call it? Some games do this like in post-game and stuff like that. They, they uh, why can't I think of it? Any, uh, several games do it already. This is a little different though and it would change it up to a, a different level entirely. But this would be more. I, I can't remember. It's like adaptive leveling or, uh, shoot, I don't remember. But mostly it's just like if you're a higher level, everything else will be a higher level. But not necessarily these changes. We'll see if it actually happens, though. Who knows? It's cool. I like it. Uh, Zack Snyder was asked if he would ever make a Fortnite movie. He was on eTalk. What, what is eTalk? I don't even know what that is. And uh, literally responded to, of course. Apparently, he loves playing Fortnite. Also, a new re newly revealed info about the new Jet Set Radio game. Where, uh, let me see, they were some of the first 3D open world games. They didn't take place in a single one. They had different levels, chapters, and things like that, if you guys remember playing on Dreamcast. Well, in the new Jet Set, Jet Set Radio reboot that we're getting, it will be a fully open world. This was uh, via slides from a Sega Sammy management meeting. Remember, Sega Sammy is technically the name of the company. But... Uh, it's quote-unquote counterculture, Tokyo Street, open world, experience the rebellion, movement that feels free in a suffocating society, make friends, increase your fans, create a movement, unquote. So we also learned about more stuff about Crazy Taxi, Golden Axe, things like that. We're waiting to see what happens with Jet Set Radio, the last Jet Set Radio game released over 20 years ago in 2002. How about this? Fallout 76, right? The game that everyone thought would die immediately. Well, now, five years later, 17 million players actively logging into Fallout 76. Talk about a game that came back from the ashes. Um, broken, unplayable is what a lot of people said about it. I remember people were like, fuck that game. Even people I knew that were huge Fallout fans. But I know a lot of people that actually went back and started playing it some more. Um, a lot of new updates have come. They added NPCs. But, wow. It has a mostly positive user review rating on Steam now. That's wild. 17 million players. Interesting. More stuff is coming out next year. More uh, expansions. I'm sure stuff that will tie into the TV show. Look at that. What a success, man. That's wild. So the new Pokemon DLC is out. And uh, looks like it won't be the last one for Scarlet and Violet. Game Freak has now announced that a new epilogue uh, DLC will release on January 11th. 
You'll be called Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the Hidden Treasure of Area Zero Epilogue. You'll team up with Arvin, Nimona, and Penny as you journey through Kitakami, which was the new region added in the Teal Mask DLC. And uh, I wonder if we're going to get new Pokemon. There is a new mythical that people found in the uh, game codes, the code files, with the release of the Teal Disc. Or no, the Teal Mask. With the Indigo Disc, that's what it's called. But uh, to access the epilogue, you will have to finish the main story. And both main stories for Teal Mask and Indigo Disc. Indigo Disc, of course, was released last week. Um, where you can play as a Pokemon, too. So make sure you guys finish that up so you can get access to the epilogue when it releases in January. Uh, we've also learned Arc 2 uh, is set, still set for a release of late 2024. I think that was announced two years ago. Arc Survival Evolved, of course. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth will have cities that were not in the original game. Further expounding on the idea that the Final Fantasy VII Remake is not exactly a remake. Uh, it's a new game entirely. So Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is the second game in the remake series, will, uh, we've learned from Naoki Hamaguchi, uh, the director of the game, speaking to Game Informer, said, quote, In Rebirth, we've added these types of cities like the Crow's Nest, totally new cities that did not exist in the original to go deeper and create this whole world view of Rebirth. We reach this area after completing a quest, and then this place unlocks. The residents already know Cloud, and the and the party are a part of a Avalanche, unquote. So, interesting. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. That, of course, Fantasy VII Rebirth rele releases February 29th next year. Which leads us to our last gaming story today. Uh, we've learned... The PlayStation 5 has outsold the Xbox Series X 3 to 1 in 2023. They've now sold over 50 million units. Uh, it is on track to outsell the PlayStation 4 via Sony. Reuters has reported Sony recorded its best ever November for PlayStation consoles in its fourth year of life. Um, no, it's only it will be entering its fourth year. Sony has set ambitious targets of 20, selling 25 million PS5 consoles in their current financial year, ending March 31st, 2024. Um, if, if it does, it will be their most sold in a single financial year. Um, but this is after Sony called it high and not within easy reach, but other things like that. Meanwhile, Lempel, who um, is, let me see... Eric Lempel, Senior Vice President for Global Marketing, Sales, and Business Operations, told the Financial Times PS5 is now on track to outsell the PS4, which has sold 117 million units since it went on sale in 2013. Um, I, I, I don't understand. I thought uh, Series X was selling well. They've collapsed in Europe. Uh, we, haven't know, we don't know what their true sales numbers, though. They haven't been announced in years. Um... Microsoft executives continue to say that they don't paint an accurate picture. They do have a large player base on Game Pass and Xbox Live, though. So, we are not entirely sure. Via uh, Ampere, which is an analyst group, PS5 sales show about grew about 65% from 2013 to 
to 22.5 million units this year. Xbox sales fell about 15% to 7.6 million. Means they've outsold 3 to 1 almost. Uh, Nintendo Switch, which is 7 years old, sales fell 18% to 16.4 million units in 2023. Nintendo is expected to release their new console next year. But we'll see what happens with Xbox now that they own Activision Blizzard. That's so weird that, that Xbox has always had a tough time in Europe, I guess. Um, its its biggest market has always been the U.S. It has been gaining some ground in Japan, though. Uh, nowhere near PlayStation and Nintendo levels in Japan, but uh, we'll see. We'll see ultimately what happens. Uh, I love my Xbox. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I enjoy my PS5, too. I just don't play as much on my PS5, but... Other people are different, and I think a lot of the issues with Xbox is there's a, a lot of things still lingering from the launch of the Xbox One in ter- 2013. Uh, of course, there's also been the argument no games, and that, that was true for a long time, right? Uh, obviously, a lot more games have been coming. It's actually going to be the reverse in 2024. It looks like Xbox has a larger game library or stable of releases coming next year than Sony does. Uh, so we'll see ultimately what happens in the future. A lot of things can change, and we'll see what happens when Nintendo releases their new console. Uh, but that's it for gaming. And I know I said there wasn't a lot of gaming news, but we spent a lot of time talking about the different things in the gaming world. So, and a lot of big quotes. Let's uh, head on up to five and see what's going on in Hollywood, shall we? <laughs> All right, what's going on in Hollywood, huh? What is going on in Hollywood, huh? Well, uh, The Lost Boys, the famous vampire movie, getting a musical adaptation on on stage. Very strange thing to get adapted into a musical. Uh, John Krasinski has uh, teamed up with Ryan Reynolds for a new movie that shows uh, your imaginary friends coming to life, where you could see them, essentially. It's literally going to be called Imaginary Friends, directed by Krasinski, starring Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Krasinski will also team up with his Office co-star, Steve Carell. Uh, The premise, it says, is, quote, a young girl named B gains the ability to see people's imaginary friends, referred to as ifs for short, who have been abandoned by the kids they helped. B then discovers that her neighbor, the man upstairs, has the same ability, unquote. Ryan Reynolds is the man upstairs. Uh, Fiona Shaw is also in it. Bobby Moynihan, uh, the voice featuring the voices of Steve Carell, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., uh, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Maya Rudolph, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Sebastian Maniscalco, Christopher Maloney, Richard Jenkins, Aquafina, and Vince Vaughn. Uh, it is set to release May seventeenth of next year. Um, let me see. Good Omens has been renewed by Amazon for a third and final season. We got our first trailer for Beverly Hills Cop 4, baby, titled Beverly Hills Cop Axel F. Uh, it will release next summer on Netflix. It re- sees the return of just about everyone, in- including Serge. Uh, Ronnie Cox's character, surprisingly absent. Um, Paul Reiser is in it. Glad to see he's back. Uh, in- and 
Uh, it looks like Kevin Bacon is playing the villain. It looks great. As long as it's better than the third one, I think everyone will be happy. Percy Jackson and the Olympians is finally on Disney Plus today. The first episode was also released on Hulu at the same time. And it's getting really good reviews. It looks like it's going to wash away the stain that the, the, the movie franchise had. Uh, Matthew Lillard has opened up about a Five Nights at Freddy's sequel and said he is very, very interested in continuing on in that franchise. No surprise there. Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm will officially end with season 12 when it premieres on February 4th. Oh, this is sad. I love Curb Your Enthusiasm, one of my favorite shows. Uh, Larry David even put out a statement saying, quote, As Curb comes to an end, I will now have the opportunity to finally shed this Larry David persona and become the person God intended me to be, the thoughtful, kind, caring, considerate human being I was until I got derailed by portraying this malignant character. And so, Larry David, I bid you farewell. Your misanthropy will not be missed. And for those of you who would like to get in touch with me, you can reach me at Doctors Without Borders. Um, unquote. It will feature a 10-episode season, obviously ending sometime in April. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm premieres on HBO in February. Uh, in a similar interview Zack Snyder had recently, he's doing a lot of press tour for Rebel Moon, uh, which is not doing well. <laughs> uh, says that when he, if he gets to make a sequel... He wants LeBron in it, of all people. I, I don't know. I think it's going to be like a franchise. Netflix believes in it, even if uh, critics don't. We'll see what the fans have to say. Uh, Gary Oldman has opened up about working on both Batman the Dark Knight franchise uh, as, as well as the Harry Potter films, saying uh, in an interview on the Drew Barrymore show that they saved him and his career. He said, quote, Thank God for Harry Potter. Thank God for Harry Potter. I tell you, the two, Batman and Harry Potter, really, they saved me. Because it meant that I could do the least amount of work for the most amount of money and then be home with my kids, unquote. Um, he also said, quote, at 42 years old, I woke up divorced and I had custody of these boys. Um, that in itself was the, was, that was hard because there was a shift in the industry where a lot of productions were being filmed in Hungary, Budapest, Prague, um, Australia, you know, all of these places. So I turned down a lot of work. Um, but, uh, unquote, he said it, it was easier to work on those films because they were filmed in the U.S. Uh, and in the U.K. So it was a little easier. Um, but flying between his home in Los Angeles and London to film Harry Potter and the Dark Knight allowed him to do that. Uh, he also said the pay couldn't have been half bad. I'm, I'm happy they saved Gary. He's a great actor. Uh, James Gunn has opened up about why uh, Battinson, Robert Pattinson's Batman, is not in the new DCU, uh, including about uh, Joker, Folly Adieu, the sequel to Joker. Um, and it was he. Someone was asked on Threads. He said, "Quote: It's not an allowed thing." It's Matt Choice, and we respect that. Um, the DCU is a multiverse, but we're going to be focusing on one universe from that multiverse, and if something isn't DCU, we're going to make that very clear. So strictly adult fare like Todd Phillips' Joker or kids' animation like Teen Titans Go, we're going to make it very clear that those are DC Elseworlds, 
just the same way they'd be doing it in the comic books. Um, he also said, quote, Matt is working on the Batman Part 2, which he thinks of as a Batman crime saga, which also includes the Penguin TV series. And it is his own thing, and he's hard at work on that. He came in and pitched us some amazing, really cool stuff the other day, so our plan is for that to continue. Um, unquote. So it looks like it looks like uh, Elseworlds. That's fine. I'm fine with that. I'm cool with it. Um, I, maybe it, it wouldn't make sense in the new DCU or Matt just wants to keep it separate. That's Matt's choice. I'm, I'm cool with it too. Mostly everyone should be. Um, the Batman Part 2 is set for 2025 still. Um, I guess those will both be Elseworlds. Even though James Gunn is somewhat involved in them. Um, it, someone asked him about that and Gunn said um, by the time he took over Joker's sequel was quote in full swing by the time we came on board I've watched and given notes but it's mostly with WB where it started everything forward in live action we're involved with unquote so we learned that uh, but at the same time though Matt Reeves Arkham show will be set in the DC universe we've learned which was confirmed by James Gunn, uh, again asked on threads. He said, quote, right now Matt is producing Arkham as a DCU series, so there's just the two for now. We love Matt as a director and producer, so he'll be producing stories both within his The Batman universe and within the DCU. Um, they keep kept talking about some other things, but the Arkham series is confirmed. Uh, interestingly enough, he also said in the side, I know this is more video game related, they said they have no plans to stop Arkhamverse games. Hopefully without Batman, though. Now that, uh, you know, with the passing of Kevin Conroy. Um, if you guys didn't know, Disney is losing Steamboat Willie to public domain next year. The original incarnation of Mickey Mouse from Steamboat Willie will be able to be used by artists and creators outside of Disney's purview, but in a very restricted way. Speaking to the Associated Press, a Disney spokesperson said this, quote, Ever since Mickey Mouse's first appearance in the 1928 short film, Steamboat Willie, people have associated the character with Disney's stories, experiences, and authentic products. That will not change when the copyright in the Steamboat Willie film expires. More modern versions of Mickey will remain unaffected by the expiration of Steamboat Willie copyright, and Mickey will continue to play a leading role as a global ambassador for the Walt Disney Company in our storytelling. Theme park attractions and merchandise. We will, of course, continue to protect our rights in the more modern versions of Mickey Mouse and the other works that remain subject to copyright, unquote. So, while the copyright is up, Disney will still retain the trademark on Mickey as a, quote, corporate mascot and brand identifier, unquote. Creators will not be able to produce any work that deceptively fools consumers that their Mickey is in any way affiliated with Disney as the company will, quote, work to safeguard against consumer confusion caused by unauthorized uses of Mickey and our other iconic characters, unquote. So, uh, Winnie the Pooh Tigger will also become public domain next year, as they first appeared in A.A. A. Milne's The House in Pooh Corner in 1928. However, those are the Milne versions, not the Disney versions. And we've also learned that Tigger will appear in Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. I, I, yeah, 
that's a fuck those movies um (laughs) uh one piece is getting a remake at netflix yes you heard me the anime that already has over a thousand episodes is getting a remake so the main uh anime is reaching its final saga a new remake of the manga is in development at netflix by the studio behind attack on titan wit studio Uh, it will be called the one piece and uh, it was shared during Jump Festa 2024 with a teaser, new art, no casting or release date was revealed. It will start during the East Blue Saga, just where the manga and original anime began as well. I don't know why we need a new version of this show. I, I think that's a little ridiculous. Um, the original manga started in 97. The anime started in 99, which is, like I said, still going strong. It has over a thousand episodes, uh, as well as the launch of the live action show on Netflix as well. I I just, uh, why would you reboot it right as it ends? Like, give it some time to breathe, people. Give it some time to breathe. It's insane, man. Um, fucking wild. Uh, we've learned that Echo... The new Marvel show will be released a day earlier on Netflix, or sorry, Disney Plus and Hulu. It will be rated TV mature. Uh, Wonka has won the box office this past weekend with $39 million domestically, uh, earning $151.4 million worldwide. Um, Let me see. Jack Black wants Super Mario 2 to be a musical called Bowser's Revenge. Yes, please. Let's let him do it. Uh, Peaky Blinders is getting two spinoffs. And the X-Files might be getting a reboot from the director behind Black Panther, Ryan Coogler. According to Bloomberg, a new vision is being asked for by Disney. They do own the rights since they bought Fox. Um, Let me see. She, uh, we already know that Julian Anderson is not down to return. Um, we'll see though if her or David Duchovny come back. I don't know if David Duchovny would want to come back, but I remember a couple years ago a show came out. They brought it back a few years ago and it wasn't that good. Um, we'll see though what happens uh, as this new version and how Ryan Coogler readapts it. Um, Wednesday may be getting an Uncle Fester spitoff, which I think uh, everyone would automatically say yes to. Uh, Charlie Hunnam has opened up about how he was almost cast as Anakin back when the prequels were looking for an older Anakin. Obviously not the Jake Lloyd eight-year-old version of Anakin, but the um, Anakin played by Hayden Christensen as Charlie Hunnam is closer in age. Actually, how old is Charlie Hunnam? Yeah, he's 43. Hayden is uh, also 40. Hayden's 42. So yeah, it makes sense. Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors has been found guilty of harassment and assault. Uh, After days of deliberation, the jury in the case uh, following his alleged assault months ago at this point, um, him guilty of one count of assault and one count of harassment, both misdemeanors, the assault in the third degree and harassment in the second. 
The jury did acquit him on two other counts, intentional assault in the third degree and aggravated assault in the second degree. Uh, he has not been sentenced, uh, but faces up to a year in prison. Um, this happened after an event in March 20, March, on March 25th, after he and an ex-girlfriend got in a spat in a taxi cab. Um, however, it sounds like the jury did not believe her full story, but they still did find him guilty in some way. Um, it looks like, uh, after that verdict was reached, Disney, Disney and Marvel fired him almost immediately. So, looks like he is out as Kang the Conqueror. Deadline is reported on Monday. IGN confirmed now that he faces up to a year in prison. Um, he has been fired by Marvel Studios. Now, will he be recast? We don't know. Will they ditch Kang the Conqueror like was rumored several months ago? We do not know. But, as of right now, Kang the Conqueror does not exist, even though a Avengers film is being set up uh, with him as the focus. Kang, of course. Uh, Amazon has won its lawsuit against that fan fiction writer that claimed they stole his idea about um, about the Rings of Power, but he sued them, and then he ended up <laughs> uh, he ended up winning, or he ended up losing. And he has to pay them money, which is even funnier that that would happen. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery has said that, uh, oh no, that's, that's, that's the wrong article. No, or is it, hold on, I just erased what I was reading and Rings of Power. Let's see here. Maybe we'll find the article I was looking for. Probably not. Okay, here's a new article I found. Anyway, a judge has dismissed, dismissed Demetrius Polychron's lawsuit as frivolous after he self-published an author, unauthorized Tolkien sequel and then as, attempted to sue both the Tolkien estate Amazon. Um, <laughs> they, they, he said they stole his ideas. Um, he, he wrote a book called The Fellowship of the King, calling it a sequel to Tolkien. Um, it was set 20 years after the events of The Return of the King, but yeah, he wanted to write a seven book series. Polychron launched a lawsuit against Tolkien Estate and Amazon Prime Video, accusing them of stealing stories for the Rings of Power and copyright infringement. However, the Tolkien Estate responded with a dueling lawsuit. It was saying Polychron committed the fraud. Well, the judge agrees with both Amazon and the Tolkien estate. Being slapped with a permanent injunction, he'll have to destroy all physical and electronic copies of The Fellowship of the King, prevents him from publishing any new work based on Tolkien's books, and he has to pay the legal fees for Amazon and Tolkien estate, totaling $134,000. Well, folks... Don't write unauthorized copies of established IPs. Anyway, 
Uh, George Clooney says he there's not enough drugs in the world for him to play Batman again. No surprise there. Uh, we've learned why Netflix's Avatar, the last Airbender live-action show, lost the original creators. Uh, speaking to Entertainment Weekly, Albert Kim, who is the um, showrunner on the Netflix version, said he felt intimidated to continue the show without original animated show creators Brian Konitzko and Michael Dante DiMartino, who left the show, saying, quote, You'd have to be an idiot not to be intimidated a little bit. My first reaction being offered the job after Hell Yeah was, Holy shit, do I really want to do this? Is there a way to improve upon the original? Whenever you tackle something that's already beloved by millions of fans, you have to ask yourself those questions. Unquote. Um, let me see... Hold on, I want to see why they left, though. I guess uh, he said, Kim said that there's a lot left in by them, saying, quote, It ran the range of really nerdy little things that no one except for diehard fans might wonder about. Questions about Katara's mom or Aang's parentage, to bigger, bigger picture stuff about how to translate what made the original so special into live action version. Uh, this is Avatar The Last Airbender, but it is our version of Avatar The Last airbender unquote he also followed up saying quote they netflix said that it was committed to honoring our vision for this retelling things did not go as we had hoped a uh, potential be good but it will not be what brian and i had envisioned or intended to make uh that's why they left but uh i thought oh no he just addressed their leaving anyway we'll see what happens with it and if people like it um, Godzilla Minus One is getting a black and white version to release in Japan next year. Uh, Star Wars Andor Season 2 has unfortunately been delayed into 2025. I thought they only had one episode left to film. They should have been working on post... Anyway. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows has been renewed for a sixth and final season. Uh, and then I watched Barbie. And you know what? I didn't hate it. It was actually pretty funny. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Barbie. There, I said it. You happy now? You can watch it on Max. And our final bit of uh, TV and film news. Uh, this is making waves in, in Hollywood today. Deadline is reporting uh, via Axios that Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav met with Paramount CEO Bob Backish to discuss a potential deal to consolidate the industry giants. Um... This could see a, a consolidation of Max and Paramount Plus into one streaming service. New franchises would be added to Warner Brothers Discovery, including The Godfather, Star Trek, many more. Uh, this would see Warner Brothers Discovery, which I thought people said might collapse on bankruptcy, I guess buying out Paramount, which Paramount is slowly dying. Um, via uh, Axios... The uh, meeting happened at Paramount's headquarters, lasted several hours, uh, was how to merge Paramount Plus and Max, how they could compete with Disney and Netflix. Uh, Axios hired uh, Axios has hired an unspecified bank to explore the deal further. Um, if it were to go through, this would represent another consolidation effort within Hollywood. Um, 
Of course, Warner Brothers Discovery merged in a $43 billion deal with Discovery back in April of last year. But uh, we'll see if this would even be allowed by, uh, you know, no, no, it wouldn't affect Monopoly because you still have a lot of big studios. Uh, Paramount, of course, like I said, has had its own problems. Uh, Paramount Plus isn't necessarily doing great. Uh, Star Trek is kind of dying again after it had a revival. My only big thing with this is if this happens, Zaslav needs to fucking go. He is the worst CEO in Hollywood. I don't care what anyone says. He is the absolute worst CEO in Hollywood, and he's running Warner Brothers into the ground. Anyway, that's it for movie news and TV news. Let's uh, talk about my top 10 favorite Christmas movies before we uh, before we go into the holiday weekend. So uh, give me one second. We'll be right back and let's talk about Christmas movies, shall we? All right, welcome back. Let's talk about Christmas movies, huh? Christmas is on, what, Monday? Christmas is on Monday, that's right. Weird day for Christmas. Anyway, let's talk about my top ten favorite Christmas movies. There's a lot of Christmas movies, and I think you guys might be surprised by my top five, let alone my top ten. Um, I've Again, I've seen a lot of these Christmas movies. I don't even have a full list. But let's talk about my favorites, shall we? And uh, we're going to start at number 10. At number 10, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, released in 2000, starring Jim Carrey as the Grinch. Was there any surprise that this wouldn't be on my list? I don't think so. This movie is great. It is one of the best adaptations of a Dr. Seuss property. Oh man, I love I love this movie. It's so fun. It is so fun. It is a great retelling of the story. People love it. Uh, a great cast along with Jim Carrey. I like I don't I don't know people that don't like this movie. Uh, the fact that Jim Carrey could sustain sitting in the makeup chair for so long to get into character as the Grinch. Uh, just so good. So good. Such a good Christmas movie. Great movie in general. Uh, number 10. The famous comedic retelling of A Christmas Carol. Scrooged. Starring, of course, the great Bill Murray. Released in 1988. Uh, he is a obnoxious TV executive. Uh, visited by the three ghosts, of course. It's uh, as he learns to like lighten up a little and and fall in love again. Um, it's such a fun movie. It, it's a great version of a Christmas Carol. Yes, the the Muppet version is amazing as well, but I prefer Scrooged. Uh, it's it's a different take. It's a more modern take. A modern take that works. And even though it was released almost forty years ago, it, you could still call it a modern version, and and it makes sense. All right, uh, number 
eight, the Santa Claus. Yes, the Santa Claus is lower than you might have expected. Starring Tim Allen, of course. Um, a man takes over for Santa after Santa falls off his roof. Love this movie. He uh, Obviously, it spawned a franchise. Now it has a TV show. Tim Allen, of course, killed it as Scott Calvin, Santa Claus, right? It, I love this movie. It's so fun. I watch it all the, every year when it's on TV. Number seven, A Nightmare Before Christmas, released in 1993. Yes, it is a Christmas movie. Yes, it is a Halloween movie. It is mostly a Christmas movie. Uh, it is both, though, because Disneyland, of course, uh, puts it on. Uh, they reskin their Haunted Mansion ride with A Nightmare Before Christmas uh, from October through December. Uh, it is, I love this movie, Stop Motion, Tim Burton produced it, of course, based on his ideas, tells the story of Jack Skellington, the Pumpkin King, as he wants to branch off into other holidays. Alright, time for number six, Jingle All the Way, 1996, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm looking for Turbo Man, uh, that was terrible, I just need a Turbo Man, looking for uh, a toy for his son, Jake Lloyd. Of, of Star Wars fame, Phil Hartman, oh, R.I.P., man, uh, Sinbad, of course, uh, but Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a character trying to get a Turbo Man doll for his son for Christmas last minute. Who doesn't love this movie? It's so fun and outrageous, and this is honestly one of the best Christmas movies to watch. At number five, this is the newest movie on the list, Office Christmas Party, 2016, Jennifer Aniston, um, and why can't I think of his name right now? Um, Jason Bateman, TJ Miller's in it, um, Kate McKinnon, Olivia Munn, literally one of those raunchy comedy movies that you don't see a lot of anymore about an office Christmas party and how, and how out of hand it gets. Rob Corddry, Matt Walsh. Randall Park, Sam Richardson, so many good people in this movie. It is so good. I love this movie. You guys should add it to your repertoire. Uh, number four, Home Alone. Yes, the original Home Alone released in 1990. Kevin McAllister left at home to take on Marv and, and Harry as they try to rob him. Of course, Kevin has set up death traps. Normal people would have died. Number three, Die Hard. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It literally takes place at a Christmas party. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I don't care what anybody says. It's a Christmas movie. Yibikaye, motherfucker, as John McClane takes on those evil East German pricks, Hans Gruber and his team. Number two, the only Rankin and Bass film on my list, The Year Without a Santa Claus, released 1974, a sequel to Santa Claus is Coming to Town, as Rudolph, Mrs. Claus, and some elves go on the search. No, Rudolph's not in it. Mrs. Claus and some elves go on the search for Santa as he went missing. Uh, features, of course, the Heat Miser. I'm Mr. Heat. Miser, I'm Mr. Sun, and Mr. Cold, no, Cold Miser, Ice Miser, what's his name? 
Oh yeah, it's Stowmiser. I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Snow. That's uh, I love those songs from those movies. Um, it's great as they look for Santa. And number one, number one, no question, no question at all, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I literally watched it the other day. I mean, can anyone beat Clark Griswold at Christmas as he tries to have the best lights in the city? I mean, if you want one of the best Christmas movies, it's Christmas Vacation. I don't think any people would, anyone would argue with me, right? Some people may say Miracle on 34th Street. It almost made my list, right? Some people might say Rudolph. Some might, people might say Santa Claus is coming to town. Almost made my list. Don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong, folks. Those are some good movies. They just didn't make my top ten. There's a lot of movies that are Christmas movies too, right? Elf, okay, not bad. Polar Express, I hate it. Serendipity, Christmas movie. Jack Frost, Christmas movie. You know? Um, Fred Claus, decent. Harold and Kumar, three. A very Harold and Kumar Christmas, right? Why him? Muppet Christmas Carol, 1941. Technically, the first Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. But, but, Batman Returns, Iron Man 3, Christmas movies. They did not make the cut. How the Grinch Stole Christmas at number 10. Scrooged at 9. The Santa Claus at 8. A Nightmare Before Christmas at 7. Jingle All the Way at 6. Office Christmas Party at 5. Home Alone at 4. Die Hard at 3. Year Without a Santa Claus 2. Christmas Vacation number one. That is it, folks. Nixter News in the books for today. Episode 293, December 20th. Happy Festivus. Merry Christmas. Don't forget to check out nixnernews.com. Follow us on social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, threads. Um, I'm going to start doing maybe YouTube shorts or whatever the hell they're called. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. We're on all of them. Go to nixnernews.com. I will catch you guys on the flip side. This has been a production of Nixner News. Please do not use without implicit faxed permission. And yes, 